around the NFL podcast <laughs> would be called Um die NFL Erum in Germany. Ooh, topical. From the Indianapolis Convention Center, it's around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. On a riser filled with some heroes, Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. Yes, boys, here we are in the beautiful Midwest for another year. Uh, Mike McCarthy said it well. Uh, it rarely does, but in this case he did on the riser. <laughs> Ouch. Calling the combine the starting line of his year, and in a lot of ways it's the same for us. He also yeah. said uh, he can't say enough of what Indianapolis has meant to the NFL over the years. Because who knows? We don't know if this combine is going to be the last one here for a little while. Um, we've been coming here since 2012 as, as a group on, on some level. Uh, you know, good, good times. Good, good to memories. see Mike McCarthy taking some trenchant company man pointers from Greg <laughs> so that Greg alone doesn't have to do all that. Yeah, if this is the last year in Indianapolis, that would be uh, that would be sad. I am a creature uh, of comfort. I like to do the same thing over and over again. That's why I spearheaded yet another trip to Elmo St. Elmo Steakhouse tomorrow. I'm all about like just having traditions. But I guess after what twenty some odd years, it seems like it's going in another direction, and I will miss Indy if it, if it, if it exits the mix. It's good to get to know you a little bit better. You painted out you know some of your. Characterization. Well, it's famously there. why you never want to leave the country. That's it's sort of in that same ballpark. Well, other things are involved there too. That's that's a false characterization. You I used just, to say that. What you used to say? Well, what, what, what do I need to see the rest of the the world? That I was a big thing. That was you putting words in my mouth, and I do, and I resent you for it. Uh, <laughs> I'm look. I'm I am heading out of the country for my 10 year anniversary. You are uh, red, white, and blue centric, though. I wouldn't. Think well, I that's, do love yeah. my country. I, I I know that's something that not a lot of people like to say, but I do. <laughs> I am a fan of being an what American. A, what yeah. a, How about uh, freedom? How about that? How about you know, look around the world. I'm check not out swatting. The news. I'm not swatting down freedom as a concept. It's fine. I think it's it's, nice. I think it's okay to to go visit other places. It's not disloyal. It's right. not like um. It's not like once you're again words on a wife in my mouth. At but, no point did I say it was disloyal to leave this country. <laughs> well, you implied that somehow not. <laughs> Can wanting... we start the show? No, no, we definitely cannot. Yes, here we are, in the center of all the action. All the we're in a new spot this year. We've been at the uh, Lucas Oil Stadium in a suite for uh, the past few years. But this year we're in the convention center around where all the press conferences are going down. Very cool to be kind of in the center of it all. And by the way, speaking of that, Mike McCarthy, and we're going to get to all the coaches and GMs news that came out of today. We have uh, great guests, um, including Bill's general manager, Brandon Bean. We have Steelers GM, Kevin Colbert on the eve of his retirement. Um, but there was a great moment when it's hard to get, you know, real nugs, real news to come out of these press conferences. So when Mike McCarthy offhandedly says, yeah, Dak, uh, you know, Dak Prescott, a little clean up on his shoulder. He's like, well, hamna, hamna. And actually, so you could tell as I'm in the scrum, uh, you see people be like, oh, Dak Prescott had surgery. And then I hear it behind me. Mm. And I turn around and there's Greg with a <laughs> an audible mm from the Mike McCarthy Dak revelation and that and that is the combine. I mean that's it takes a lot for Mike McCarthy to get that mm and that's the highest thing you can get as a person in the NFL. How, how about the secondhand anxiety of being in those scrums and when someone's trying to get a question in? That there was a guy next to me during um who was it Joe Shane I think the 
Giants GMs and be like, Joe, hey, hey, Joe, uh, Joe, hey, Joe, Joe, how about Joe, that? Joe, in 14 uh, uh, And then you, the, the PR guy eventually goes, two more, two more for Joe. And you see, like, the temperature rising in that poor individual's face. And when he doesn't get it off inevitably, you, not only have you failed uh, in your core job as a journo to get that question out, everyone knows you failed. Oh, it's, it's performative. In your area. It's, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, we've all been there where you try to shout and get that earliest word in where you get the eye contact of the oh. person up on the podium. And when it doesn't happen, you're deflowered. You're emasculated. <laughs> I've, I got out of the game officially this year. I retired from it. Just wow. a spectator. But I know, Greg, you uh, you want to be involved still in that capacity. And <laughs> it's more just like when, when you get through like seven questions where Mike McCarthy's trying to run out the clock by, like, answering <laughs> philosophy of we don't want turnovers and penalties. It's like, uh, could, we, could we hear about Amari Cooper, that you're not going to keep <laughs> your uh, best rip wide receiver potentially instead of just wasting all this time? Tough sitch, though. You weren't able to get that question didn't get, off. Didn't get it in. Didn't get it in. Sorry to hear that. It does take reps. The, the true, the beat people that have been doing it forever, they have that ability to either be in the right spot, to say it a certain way. Anyway, that is the combine. There's there's all sorts of little subplots, and, and it does feel like the city, and especially just like the football cognoscente, everyone's so happy to see each other because there has been a two-year break. It does feel like things are loosening up in the mask uh, department, and in general people are going up to each other and hugging each other. Very, There's a lot of excitement. Loosening up is a is a conservative way to describe where the mask situation is here in Indianapolis. I haven't seen a mask. <laughs> well, that's an overstatement. They are out, but for the most part, it, people are enjoying themselves, and it's an exciting time. Anyway, so let's get to it. Before we get to uh, our interviews today, and we got another show coming up uh, on Wednesday and another show on Friday, the Greg Rosenthal Free Agent 101 unveiled on the Around the NFL podcast. Mark, have we decided whether we want to have a rival 101 countdown this year? Uh, I think that bit probably played itself out in the in the past. I mean, it would be are we would you and I like to get together tonight and instead of going out to dinner and doing the fun stuff, sit down, brass tacks and come up with a list? Absolutely not. I find the one way to do it is go position by position first. Right. That way you have it. That's can what I plan narrow to do. it down. So I'll sit down with Mark. Maybe start yeah. with your interior offensive lineman, yep. guard, center. You know, you might, you got to get at least 10 to 15 per position to be safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Try to pull me in. Change my mind. Where are we, from where we are right now, I have zero interest in doing that on my own. I've gotten sh- a lot of heat, yeah. actually, from my Ben Jones versus Bradley Bozeman ranking. So, yeah, that could uh, be yeah. something you could Mark, uh, Mark and I have traded some texts about that. So, yes, yeah, so that maybe it is something we, can't we, get a, we can't seem to agree on a lot of stuff because we're so dug in on our points. Exactly. It's right. one of those situations. All right. Let us start by hitting the news. Well, it is a business, and you have to be able to separate the business and the personal side of it, which I think is important. All right, let us start with, you know, it was this is the uh, first day of the Combine where there wasn't like a runaway winner, what's the big story of day one from Indy. But let's continue to track this Kyler Murray situation uh, because a lot has kind of transpired around Super Bowl week, and we haven't really had a chance to talk about it when there is a uh, sources coming out and saying that Kyler Murray is not a very good teammate, uh, that he points fingers, uh, the report that he did, he refused to go back into the playoff loss to the Rams after it had become a blowout. Kyler, though, then uh, releases a statement 
saying anybody that's ever played with me knows that I'm a baller and I'm a great teammate and, a, you know, I'm a great player. Then the latest now to the story is Kyler Murray's agent comes out and releases what reminded me of um, the Jerry Maguire mission statement, a long, rambling mm. novel, all in caps, which is, seems totally unnecessary. Well, if it, if it was – you know, m- much better written. That was by like a great Hollywood screenwriter and delivered beautifully. This thing was like, you could have taken half of that out and it would have been fine. It was not well written. It was a bad, it was a bad, bad job. I yeah, a hideous Russian novel of sorts <laughs> and overly long and g- getting crushed on Twitter the minute it was released. But how about we ease up on the caps too? Yeah, that's do it. we it's need just, the caps? I don't. Again, test group this with someone. You I like did two bold like, you know bullets at the beginning of what really matters and then you did another couple like 100 words after that is very <laughs> I don't know it honestly if I was a player and my agent sent that out like your job is to communicate effectively a message that that was like a playoff game for uh, Eric Burkhart the <laughs> agent and he had Kyler Murray's performance in a playoff game so perhaps it's fitting uh, in the uh, statement he said that uh, Murray is committed to remaining with the Cardinals long-term, and he desperately wants to win a Super Bowl, even if he wasn't desperate to get back into that playoff game, which leads to the Super Bowl. Um, And then today we had Steve Keim, the general manager, who said despite the consternation about Kyler's contract status, he is entering uh, his fourth season, which makes him eligible for an extension, uh, and you have this strange statement, there is no concerns about a potential holdout of the star quarterback. Do you buy that, Greg Rosenthal? No. That I mean, I thought that was a nothing burger of a statement. I don't buy anything that the Cardinals are saying about Kyler Murray or just publicly. First of all, St- Steve Kimes a good GM. He has they've been willfully misleading a lot of times over the years when it comes to quarterbacks, when it comes to a lot of things publicly at the combine. How would he not be worried about a holdout? That statement to me was, if you don't give me a contract, I will be holding out. And he's in the only after three years of his deal. Not that many quarterbacks have gotten the three years. Certainly not many have held out to start the offseason. They don't know that. He said he's been talking to Kyler Murray. But I think that statement was very clear. Like, if I don't get what I want, I'm going to be trouble. Now, I'm, I'm willing to see where it goes, but it's like we're in a world where Lamar Jackson isn't out there verbally complaining about the fact that he doesn't have a massive extension He's at this point. He's the fifth year, uh, well, final year of his rookie Kyler deal. Murray could not have ended this past campaign in a more troubling fashion. The whole season, the whole team, the whole offense fell off a cliff. And, I mean, I if I'm kind, like, yeah, I'm with you, Greg. Like, it is a holdout is a concern. A trade demand is a concern. And Kyler Murray is the centerpiece of their team. But this seems to me like one of the more awkward fringe of madness campaigns by a player in a while. It's just the wrong time I, to be talking about a contract extension. I, you know, I think it's I think it's different than say Baker last year, where who said nothing though. Said nothing, and there was a should we extend him? Should we not extend him? They didn't extend him. That turned out to be a smart decision. Kyler would make sense at the Cardinals, even though I thought he faded down the stretch, obviously, and did not play well in the playoffs. There, there we've seen much enough body work to say yes, of course, you want to do a long-term deal. Uh, but there seems to be some damage here between team and player. And I just – I hold out hope as someone who – you know, I like – I want some chaos and drama in this, this particular offseason. I think off it's season. happening. Yeah. If he is that domino, it changes everything. There's so many things, so many teams that 
we're going to have Kevin Colbert of the Steelers on later. There are so many teams that would sell out, I think, to get into business with Kyler Murray, even if there are some disparaging reports about him as a teammate. I think this is just starting. I think this is going to be the A story in April. Give it to me. I can't imagine that the Cardinals are going to be interested whatsoever in trading him. Feed me. I just think that there's going to be uh, <laughs> a lot of drama. It, going back to th- that report you meant, uh, mentioned, Dan. Yes. And it was on ESPN from Chris Mortensen, and then Mike Garofolo on our air had it too late in Super Bowl week, about that he was uh, immature, not a great leader. Finger pointer. Finger pointer. You know, talked about his focus. There was, like, video game addiction stuff being thrown out there. Oh, I missed that. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> and he is Somebody's on. got it out for <laughs> Kyler Murray. It's like that's coming from somewhere. That's coming from the team. That is such a self-interested, finger-pointing, um, not good leadership quotes to, or things to be putting out there. And to me, those are the types of things that you put out there if there's a power struggle between – the coaching staff or personnel and the player and ownership is in the middle and Bidwell has kind of come out publicly and said like Kyler's my guy and I think I think it's messy and I think that Kime Kime knows it's messy and that it could be a problem for I think you're job. missing something else not you I mean the Cardinals in the mis- middle of this soup is that strong head coach figure who unquestionably leads the team and you're wondering is mm. it the coach is it the quarterback because I think that you've got issues with Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, we've seen it two years in a row, the way this team fades. I, I don't like where this is going He's, at he all. He said he talked to, to uh, Kyler and everything's fine. They share an well, agent. Well, I know, but That's, if you don't believe anything else, do oh, you no, believe no, that? No, I don't believe yeah, that I don't at, believe at all. all. They share an agent, too. That's very strange. Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray share an agent. It, it, it's all very strange. At the risk of parsing the owner's words... He did say he loves Kyler Murray in a statement last week, but he also said he knows he's going to get better, which I think there's there's just some simmering tension, obviously, within that organization. And, yes, if, if Kyler were to hit the nuclear red button there and turn this into um, I need out of here, there is going to be a bidding war for his service if the Cardinals ever play that ball That statement like was that. close enough, especially coming after a couple days of – Oh, actually, we do want Kyler. We like him. And then they released that statement. To me, that was just like the first little okay. This little actions speak much louder than words in this volatile business. That was this the whole uh, Eric Burkhart. Burkhart taking some uh, fire. Well, I don't know. I mean, did he write, sit down and write, pen the whole thing himself? Someone penned it, and it was, it was left sure you wanting from a yeah. reading angle. Yeah, Burkhart, he's, you know, he's the point man on it. In other news. I mean, how can you represent Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler? It doesn't, doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, that, that will be changing soon, potentially. Um, <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Obviously, another big story in the NFL is Tom Brady's quote-unquote retirement and everything. Speaking of some, like, simmering tension underneath the surface, I, I, I continue to sense even Bruce Arians doing all his media today that he's kind of – He's kind of all set with the Tom Brady thing at this point. Like, he would love, obviously, mm. that Tom Brady would still be his quarterback because that would make his job easier. But also, I don't know if Bruce is all about this drama now post-quote-unquote retirement. Jason Light, the general manager of the Bucks, uh, said today on the riser that, yeah, they plan to leave the light on for the legendary GOAT if he does come back. I think with a with a Tom Brady, you never. I personally never want to completely close the door. Now I don't have any information that suggests that he 
is going to come back. I mean, I'm very good friends with him. We talk. We don't. We haven't talked about that. I don't want to apply any pressure in that regard right now. And then Bruce Arians, right? I'm staring right where it happened because I, I watched it. He was with a, a gaggle of local reporters. Just how, this is how it works, everybody. They do the riser combo with the the big scrummer reporters. Then the beat guys get the coach or the GM privately to ask some more questions. And there was more digging uh, about Tom Brady. And Arian said, like, oh, yeah, when I talked to Tom, he slammed the door on me. So to Bruce Arian is saying there is no chance that Tom Brady's coming back at least this year. And then he was asked, why do you think this is a story? He said, well, you know, a lot of these guys like Tom Brady, and not just Tom, but other big-time players, they like their name out there. They do. Oof. And he was asked, you know, if, if Tom Brady wanted to come back and – continue his career with another team outside of Tampa Bay would Arians accommodate that and he just said nope bad business and then it was like what would it take Mm. to wrestle Tom Brady away from Tampa Bay five number ones I mean this is why Arians (laughs) is a breath of fresh air in the middle but no well I don't think he like I don't he does not like that report about that you know they might not be getting along as well at the end of that that, um the most telling thing I I believe that he said today was that he did not think veteran quarterbacks are going to be traded. He he offered that up a couple times. I and agree J- with Jason him. Light kind of indicated that too that's like you can talk all you want about getting these big names and and maybe they're just soft playing it uh but it's easier said than done. He did mention how he's known Deshaun Watson a long time and he's very surprised he's in that situation and then if ever something would happen on that front it would have to get cl- clearance from the top of the organization. Uh so he seemed to leave that door open but I, I think the Bucks are one of those teams that have checked around in the last month and it's like yeah, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, no one's calling about them. Literally, Brian Gutekunst said no one called about Aaron Rodgers either. Like, no one has even picked up the phone about it. Everyone kind of assumes Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers are staying put. He also said that Jameis Winston, that would not be the best thing to bring him back. Like, I am, I think that he is basically telling us what's happening behind the scenes. We can project and wish cast all these massive, tumultuous quarterback moves from A to B to C and we'll probably get one tops. Maybe Kyler Murray is all we get in the end. I would sign up for that. But but even that, to me, I think ultimately will probably settle itself out in some fashion. Like, all right. You, I, we'll see. I just, all I, right, Mark. Know. Jimmy G. Yeah, we get the Jimmy G. Yeah. Ah, that's low we'll, octane we'll, to me. We'll get the Jimmy G in a second. Speaking of the Bucks, Pro Bowl left guard Ali Marpet is retiring. Stunner. He announced it on Instagram. Just 28 years old, finished uh his first pro bowl season in 2021 one of the top um guards in the league certainly uh one of the best uh players on the bucks so in addition to tom brady being gone and all the other questions around that team uh marpet exits the picture leaving a huge gaping hole on offensive line a source told espn that marpet made the decision due to concerns for his overall health good for him hope he made his money and uh also the subject of multiple Connor Orr features over the years. One at NFL.com was early on the Marpet train, and I know he wrote one about uh, at Sports Illustrated too. They're in trouble. Like, he he was their best guard. Uh, Alex Kappa is one of the better guards in free agency who's also the Bucks' starting guard, and their center, Ryan Jensen, is also a free agent. So they were known for their offensive line. All three of those guys uh, – 
are up for grabs. One is retired, two free agents. You've got a ton of free agents uh, throughout the roster. Chris Godwin, Indomitian Sue, Jordan Whitehead, you know, Pierre Paul. It just, like, goes on and on and on. Uh, oh, and their by best the way, cornerback, Carlton Davis, it's just they have a lot going your on. Your quarterback might be Blaine Gabbard, so even if all those things weren't happening, you'd no still way. be in a world of it'll chaos. Be Kyle, so. It'll be Kyle Trask over Blaine Gabbard. I think I actually think Kyle Trask has a better chance to well, yeah, I start agree. than maybe people I would, think. But he has a better chance to start than maybe Mason Arians, Rudolph. Arians has a Blaine Gabbard fascination, and he has had these fascinations throughout his Trope career. Alert. Trope alert. He's also I'm not saying, on the roster right now. They don't seem that interested in Kyle Trask. He, but Bruce Arians, just 20 feet away, Mark, with Andrew Siciliano. They said, what's door number one, door number two this <laughs> This year, Andrew heard you. Andrew's He's like, on set trying to be a professional. I'm not tra- buying a word of it. Uh, and he said door number one is Kyle Trask, and door number two would be a trade. So he, for whatever reason, left out free agency. But he, he said door number one is Kyle Trask, door number two trade. Interesting. All right, you mentioned it, Jimmy G. ESPN's Adam Schefter reports that Jimmy G is going to undergo sur- uh, shoulder surgery. That's a tough one to say, shoulder surgery. Just well, a toughie. You did you. it well right there. Yeah, but even then, it was just a little bit shaky there. You circled back it. around. Uh, surgery on his shoulder. Uh, but according to ESPN, is still likely to be traded this month. Now, I, here's the thing, because Jimmy G is another one of these guys. There's so many guys that are, like, in the middle of the pack with quarter. What's up, Greg? <laughs> I'm sorry. I've just seen this great quote. For Bru- we were just talking yes. Bruce Arians on There's, Tom Brady. He's been talking a lot today. And I feel like I just got to read it yeah, word read it. for word. Give it to us. Unbelievable ride. This is Bruce Arians. Unbelievable ride these last two years. I got to say, Tom got all the credit. A lot of other guys had a hand in the pile. It wasn't all just Tom Brady. See, this is exactly what I'm talking about. It's like he loved the two years, but he is he is not really about this postmortem that's going to carry on throughout this week and all through the draft until they find someone else. But, like, Jimmy G is like a quarterback. Like you could say, oh, what about Jimmy G to the Bucks? I don't think the Bucks were a Super Bowl caliber team before Tom Brady. I don't think they're after Tom Brady mm. going to be Super Bowl caliber. So what do you do with that roster? I feel like maybe you think about tearing it down and start building up again. You got the ring. Anyway, but Jimmy G has surgery. That's his throwing shoulder too. So um, obviously they believe he'll be ready uh, for the start of next season, but it could his rehab could take him into the summer. But ESPN still believes a trade is coming with Trey Lance waiting in the wings. That comes a week after that report that the 49ers might be willing to hang on to Jimmy G for a variety of reasons. Well, and that felt like messaging from another place. I think they want to move him. And you could maybe look at potentially the Steelers. You could look at potentially a team like Washington that is heat-seeking a veteran quarterback or someone out there, if not in the draft. We'll see. All right. He said significant interest, though. I, b- I believe that. But – I don't think it's going to be a high price. I mean, how is Jimmy G coming off a shoulder surgery? Nice. With this con- well, well contract. Yeah, and I have a well list. Well You know, quite quite a lot. Um, <laughs> how is he getting more than, like, a fourth-round pick for $23 million coming off a shoulder surgery? So, oh. Hey. Bum, bum, I'm just bum, staying bum. out of this. You got to um, beat say that. It, say it three in a row, Mark. See? Shoulder surgery, shoulder yeah. surgery, shoulder surgery. Good. You got it. There was a little hesitation, but I understand. They that. only got. I a, didn't sense they, any hesitation. The Patriots <laughs> only got a second-round pick for him when he had all the talent in the world and no injuries and all the all the upside. So there's no way. I think it's fair to say there may be a number of people calling though because sure. there is a dearth of available right. quarterbacks out yeah, we'll there. We'll give you a late pick and you give us your Jimmy G.
All right, everybody, hold that thought. We're going to take a break and be right back. And other quarterback uncertainty news. Well, there's no uncertainty about the Colts getting out from their current quarterback, Carson Wentz. That's happening. It's been reported. We had Zach Kiefer on last week. Everybody's reporting it that the Colts are moving on. Chris Ballard, the general manager, had Wentz in his office today for a one-hour face-to-face meeting, but that was pleasant. Uh, And he said of the meeting will be interesting to see how he goes from this. And I think he will. So it's, it's, it's now the co- he's coming out and saying it, this is over this relationship, but Ballard made sure to tell reporters today that he is not going to panic in this situation. They will find someone that they feel comfortable with. And he believes in himself. It's not in my nature. You know, I'm usually pretty objective and sitting back and not making like, just not making a panic move. And we won't. Like, we will not just make a panic move to make a panic move. Y'all can kick me in the in the face a hundred times, in and I face. promise you, I, I I am who I am. I mean, like, and I have a lot of confidence in myself. I don't know if y'all have gotten that across, but I do. And, and I have a lot of confidence in the people around me, in Frank, in our coaching staff. My face. <laughs> I mean, kicking him in the face a thousand times, a hundred times? That, that would do some damage. That's not going to help the Colts. It's five years now, Mar- uh, Greg, that we watched Ballard on the podium right here in this room for the first <laughs> time and thought to ourselves, this is an interesting dude. He's an interesting guy. He's a, a, a lover of Broadway plays, I've heard. Um, Another layer. Uh, he's multifaceted. And he's put a good uh, roster together. They, he's in an unwinnable situation answering questions about Carson Wentz right now. I mean, Tough sitch for the Colts Frank, right now. We were listening to Frank Reich, Mark and I, and he was just saying, you know, trying not to answer it. And just, hey, whoever's there, whatever hand uh, that you're dealt with, you just try to do the best job with it. And I'm thinking, like, well, you can deal yourself the Carson Wentz hand. You Like, that's right. a choice. You guys actually gave him a two-year contract, and it's financially – uh, very difficult to get rid of him. So, like, right. it's not just like, oh, we'll see what hand I'm dealt. Well, it's, uh, you I'll can extend, deal yourself the quarterback. That was the plan. The poker analogy there is, yeah, they pushed their chips to the center of the table on Carson Wentz. They gave up draft assets. They took on that contract and took on a guy that seemed to have some scars on him, and it turned out it didn't work out. So now they are, yes, in that crunch of so many other teams where the roster seems ready to win now, but without that quarterback – you're kind of stuck in purgatory. I wouldn't call what they did last offseason hubris because I think that there was genuine faith that the pairing of Frank Reich I like and the Carson Wentz. I did not. I, I think I think that half the people that cover football did not and half did. There was this offseason debate about, oh, is suddenly Carson Wentz in this great situation and a great fit? And look at his season was not terrible. In, uh, he had m- some serious meltdown moments. But – Right. Seven interceptions all year. It wasn't like a turnover-prone You could nightmare. put together an amazing sizzle reel of our podcast through the season where we alternate killing him and saying, wow, they nailed this. Right. Like, there is a but lot of that. But if they flip, let's say, they, Erica, let's say you flipped that, out. That's, and, that's you, on you tonight. Hey, can you get on that Carson Wentz, good or not, sizzle reel? Yeah. Starting you in, like, August, take tonight. it through January. Just comb through every show. Maybe set it at maybe one and a half speeds to make sure you don't miss well, anything. Well, I was actually just on the – 
what Greg just said about, and yeah, I'll get on that right away. Justin, Randy, you guys hear that? Um, yes, I'm on it. <laughs> yeah, um, I was looking at my tweets from the last time we were here two years ago, and there's a there's a photo of me, and I like did a face mask in my hotel room while you guys all went to dinner because I had to edit the show and I was like stuck <laughs> yeah. in my oh, hotel I remember room, that. and you guys had like the big greatest dinner, and I couldn't go. You were sifting through tweets from two years ago for photos of yourself. No, <laughs> no, I was sifting through tweets because I remember I used to do that bit with everyone because they're always wearing their colors, like they're all. In they're dressed from head sure. to toe in bills and or sure. like you know cardinals and he used to ask them like hey who are you here with <laughs> and i was trying to find those videos but they they were too long ago it's good bit. My Twitter it's like a check like bit That's you got to just bring it back every retweet it and bring it to every, the top every every year talking about all these quarterback possible changes or ron rivera spoke just as we were talking That's nice. how you know a real journalist right behind we're on us on top of this and i just think his answer to the question of could you pay too much in a quarterback trade or how much is too much? And he just said, does anybody care what they paid for Matthew Stafford last year? No. Uh, and he, Flags they, fly forever, bro. They, they were one of the teams that were trying to get Matthew Stafford. And I just think more than any team out there, if I had to choose a team that would give up four first-round picks for someone, Kyler Murray or whatever it is, and veterans, Chase, you know, Chase Young, we've heard, could even be available. Like, Washington is the team, uh, and he was asked also if big-name quarterbacks might be traded. He said, that's what we're trying to find out. I just feel like they are the team that would be the most aggressive. I, I just don't see the trade partner. There's no, there's very little heat that anyone's p allowing them to pick up the phone and be plied into a trade. Yes, we'll give you Aaron Rodgers. Like it's just Washington fans don't want to hear it, but Russell wasn't that. He doesn't want to play. I like it. Well, Russell Wilson shot down the idea of it today. That I like. We got a little cranky Sessler right now. I like when he's a little curmudgeon. Well, this was no, because you know what? Because it's a lot. Actually, it's there is there is some news, but there's a lot of non-news. It's our job to dig through the fluff, right? And find a lot of it. I find a lot of it to be fluff. Well, yeah, we're also. Dan, are you okay? You spent hours on this rundown. No, I'm okay. No, this is the the search for the nugs. Right. Right. Weeding we've, out the flow. We've got the interviews coming. It's we've we've been here, you know, for five it we're doing it at the end of the day here on this riser, so I think you'd get well, a little also, crankier Sessler. It's been no, a while since he's eaten. I was uh, you know, in the Atlanta airport and offered a thousand dollars to oh, not yes. fly oh, here today. That's what this is. But flew here to yes. do this. I'm enjoying Your myself. Job. Now yes, I'm my enjoying job. myself. What about, you are not what about the fact that, that the NFL you know, they bought that ticket. So, you know, the $1,000. Right. No, because Ethic I no, no, because I would be the person who would be enduring an extra day in a hotel that the airline paid for before flying here just saying, a day late. You, the, well, Rod's all, really paid for the ticket, cash. though. I think you should split it with him. I know, I, look, he makes a lot of money, but he would be happy There's to get a, a lot $500 of, check. There is a lot you. of ethical gray area in the NFL. I would be allowed to contribute some of that myself. In other quarterback <laughs> purgatory news, General George Payton of the Denver Broncos, he knows. They're another team. This is kind of an annoying event for the Broncos because everyone is saying the same thing. Guys, get a quarterback. Jesus, fine, do it. And so that's what all the questioning is all about. Uh, so here's what Peyton had to say, uh, making it very clear that, yes, the Broncos will come out of this offseason with someone new and shiny under the tree. We just want the best guy. We don't care if it's free agency. We don't care if it's a draft. We don't care if it's a trade. You know, we're just going to we're going to exhaust all options to try to get the best guy for the Broncos. But more importantly, and that everybody knows it, they they are looking for better play at the position, and hopefully they find it, whether it's a draft, free agency, or a trade. But more importantly here, Greg, 
And this, I think this will cheer you up, Mark. Seeing Nathaniel Hackett on a riser. There is, there, there, here's breaking news. You want to get through the fluff and get the nug? Mark Sessler has a new man crush at head coach, and it's Nathaniel Hackett. Take us through watching that man. A fascinating human being um, who doesn't necessarily speak the way that most coaches we've come to know speak. Uh, he has, at some point in his life, he had to make a decision whether to be, I think it was a neuroscientist uh, and go to med school, um, become a coach or become a hip-hop dancer um, operating in various uh, hip-hop environments. And that he feels chose, like a joke, the last one. And he's like, it's not, nobody fact-checked You know, this. Uh, we, our friend Connor Orr was here. I was standing next to Connor while we were listening. He, Connor Orr rolled up to me and said, this is our new guy. And I was like, Bingo. Yes, it is. He was, he was a hip-hop dance instructor at UCLA, apparently. Absolutely. And Connor I don't did, know if that's Connor like a, a strike you as a guy. I don't know, I don't no, know if that's a know. career path, though. You better Connor be. Connor did a long form on him and dug into all this and actually said that it was a couple months ago he flew out and like spent just days walking around with Nathaniel Hackett, who is truly an interesting speaker. The way he presents himself, we need more of those in the NFL, and he's one of them. I, I hesitate to say this, Mark, because I know you like that – you like it when it's your guy, but I was watching. I felt the same thing too. Like I found myself falling for. I can't have anything. I cannot have anything to myself. You're well, you, you got Matt you, Rule. Yeah, you still got Rule. We're actually two, I know, but that's not two cool years anymore. to the day <laughs> of um, when you first really fell for Matt Rule. I got the full backstory of it. I don't. I don't think I had known that. Just you know that he he was a fan of your work. And that was really what did it. That is a false backstory. <laughs> That's entirely a false. A compliment was paid at a uh, darkened corner of a tavern. It does not take much <laughs> to win myself over. So, oh, yeah. Um, You're welcome to ride this, this, this with me. I just want to ask you take, okay. Normally you take the opposing I'm, I'm, stance. I'm slow. Yes. Let's slow our roll on this guy. I right. like this enthusiasm from you. Because I, I slowed my roll also on Brandon Staley because that was your crush last year. And I feel like pretty okay about that right now. He wins the press Rule conference. Certainly, Hackett's a good. Hackett yeah. gives good. I presser. found it, I was a little tingle for Hackett as All well. All right, I like that. A tingle's good. All right. In other news, I and mean hip hop dancer. D- don't I judge mean, his, just because he no, doesn't no, no, look no. the part. I just yeah, I Greg, like Greg, Mr. I, I like know, rap. That's, Greg, that's no, you're going, going somewhere strange with that. No, where I'm going is, <laughs> he was going to be a neuroscientist or uh, follow in his father's footsteps as like one of the you know, most famous offensive coaches, West Coast offense uh, originators, Paul Hackett, or hip-hop dancer. I failed to believe that that was ever a realistic it's a choice between the other two. It, you know, Greg, you're too cynical. It's, you're, <laughs> you're just, it's very much a possibility that he has an artistic dance side to him. It's a good bio nugget at the very least. Um, finally, oh, Giants general manager Joe Shane on Saquon Barkley and the idea of a trade were open to anything. Mm. Hmm. Clock that, track that. I like that. And, uh... Finally, Find a trade partner. Finally in the news. See, I think if he was in the right spot, as long as his body is st- I, I still am just, willing. I'm just being annoying today. I keep thinking I, you're <laughs> calling them partner. Like, find a trade, comma, partner. I'm trying to find like something that, that will light Mark up with optimism. It's, like it's been better. tough. Uh, finally in the news, it's time for News and Notes presented by Upwork, where you can build the team that will build your business. Learn more at Upwork.com. Com. Oh, yes, you know this is near and dear to us. The International Series uh, for 2022 was announced, and we going to Germany, baby. <laughs> Deutschland, baby. Deutsch. Deutsch. Now, are we going? I don't know. 
We're going to talk to Vice President of International Henry Hodgson. Heavy campaign, too. We would love to go. But five NFL teams will play 2022 international games in three countries, highlighted by the Packers' first international trip and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing the first ever regular season game in Germany. The league announces on Monday the Cardinals will play the NFL's first game in Mexico since 2019, while the Packers will be joined by the Jags and Saints in playing games in the U.K., our adopted homeland. The Bucks will debut in Germany. How about this? Uh, Greg, I know you have roots in the Deutschland. I know this must really hit hard. I do want to go. I do want to go. My dad was born in, in Germany. My brother is Deutsch. bizarrely a citizen, even though he's ever barely <laughs> ever been there. Uh, but uh, <laughs> because you could get that with, uh, what's the word for it? Dual you, you citizenship are, or no? Pat, I'm struggling. Paternal something. Yeah, born to, born in. Was he born there? Reparation. That's okay. Reparation. Okay, well that is the word. Reparation. And you didn't yeah. want anything to do with that. It was like a multi-year process for what payoff. I probably wasn't going to live there, but I want to go visit and watch this game. And I know the Deutschland listeners out there. They'll hook us up and, and support the Send ATN Wait, let to me, Germany. Wait, let me play the role you want me to play. But I only like America. I don't want to go there. <laughs> I wish you could see what Dan is doing yeah. with his body right now. And then Dan's like, and then Mark's like, hey, I was in Germany with Rob Ryan. Well, I, I connected there. with him on and a I'll, deep I'll drop rubble. another little nugget on you. Uh, Hit us. Back in the day when, you know, Sessler is a German last name, it means uh, chairmaker. And mm. Wesleyan is German. And we and I, he and I both looked up the origins of Sessler, which was Sesselberg, and Wesselberg, mm. I believe, which were about 18 miles away from each other. Back in the day, that means thousands of years ago, ancient Wes and ancient me probably walked 18 miles and drank beers together in a German beer hall for Definitely days. Definitely the row. second part. Probably yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, some yeah, of that's got to be accurate. Um, I thought I was part German for the first like 20 years of my life, and then I found out that I was Austrian, which is close, right? So we're right. Very close. close. Stone's throw. Yeah. I mean, not a maybe my, you were on the border of Stone's throw. My brother did a lot of research into it, and they were there for 200 years. So it's like they, they had their roots in, in Germany. It's time. Why, are, why do you invalidate his citizenship then? Verbally. I don't invalidate it. It just seems you random. You swatted it down. It seems random. Maybe he should be here before you take right. down his heritage. Like it that. seems random. Wait, can I throw out just a couple of quick All right, before, before that, Greg, that was news and notes presented by Upwork, the world's work marketplace. Learn more at Upwork.com. Close this out, Greg, before we get to All right, I'll, I'll to try Kevin to be fast, this, fast about it. Uh, Stephen Jones this should be was good. not um, committed to Mari Cooper being on the Cowboys this year. I think that's the notable, num the number one actual star slash superstar that could actually be traded or cut. I think uh, there would be a great trade market for him, but them throwing that out there publicly is something. And I thought it was interesting. Your boy, Andrew Barry, not surprisingly vague about Jarvis Landry's future mark, uh, but also said it's too early to say whether it'll add competition for Baker Mayfield, which to me strikes me as they're going to have a like soft competition. I think they've Mayfield. always been very open to a, like if the world were a little different, maybe go get the Russell Wilson out there, which sounds like probably not happening, but competition. Yes. I think that they also look at the landscape and say, Baker Mayfield, healthy, the rest of it, we're going to roll with it. They should go get Amari Cooper. I just, you know, putting that together, they got all the cap space. They got all yeah. the need. They, and they, they the worst wide receiver room in the league that, right now. That, so. that makes sense. Did you have a Ron Rivera thing you wanted to mention? We we got that in. But, got it um, in there, Grave yeah, Digger. Of course. A few so minutes there, ago. You I know. think his mind is on other things. I think his mind is on the woman that is not in his bed, <laughs> as usually is the case, now that they live together in 
By the way, this, is, this is Gravedigger, not Ron Rivera we're discussing here. Yeah. <laughs> right. <Okay>. And also, <laughs> we shouldn't be discussing any of this because it is – Yeah. It is – been barred from conversation and it should be noted that <laughs> I mean, the that's, yeah. summer of 2021 the superstar club very bold decision to take amari cooper out of the superstar club and now he might be out of dallas's plans going forward mm. connect the dots if you must Pression. all right i think we got everything that's what's happening in the news let's take a break and then get to the general manager of the pittsburgh steelers kevin cole all right we're very fortunate to be joined now by a man that let's be honest a towering figure in terms of building one of the top teams in the AFC this for two decades Kevin Colbert joins the around the NFL podcast general manager of the Steelers at least for a couple more months how are you Kevin doing great guys how about yourselves doing well yeah we were talking how it's like feeling a little back to normal here at the combine, like, were you just looking to check off, like, one more box on your career checklist by joining the Around the NFL podcast before <laughs> you go? Like, that was your last I, thing? It, it had to be that to, to, to check off list, the bucket <laughs> list, whatever it is. But as you mentioned, Greg, it's great to be back in Indianapolis and at the combine in almost normal conditions. Uh, it's great for our game uh, to take this this big part of the process to take that step again and I, I just that's exciting to be back here and and hopefully moving toward more normalcy so uh, Ben Roethlisberger retires after the conclusion of the 2021 season a day later it's announced that you will be stepping down and retiring uh, with the Steelers as well I thought it was kind of interesting Big Ben obviously 2004 first round pick and then you got to enjoy what I guess every GM longs for is like not having to worry about the quarterback position. So this last draft you have here is different, isn't it? Because obviously all the talk or a lot of the talk around Pittsburgh is what do we do now post Big Ben? Yeah, and it's not um, it's not ignored by us. The You know, the one year there was three Hall of Fame quarterbacks available. You know, fortunately, we were – eligible to thank get. you for putting philip rivers in by the way that means a lot to me personally <laughs> they, they know this i appreciate yeah that. no you. i mean in, in our opinion that's an easy three hall of famers and that was the one losing season we had and there was fortunate there was three available we were able to get one ben was with us for 18 years he obviously helped us be successful so as we move forward how can we do that again i think what we can't do is try to misidentify potential replacements and say they're franchise quarterbacks. Um, nobody knows if you're a franchise quarterback until you get in and prove it. So we'll try to make the best decisions at that position. And if they turn into franchise quarterbacks, it's more on them and not the people who selected them. Yeah, I do feel like we've heard Mike Tomlin in the towards the end of the season talk about the concept of a mobile quarterback. He seemed attracted to that. You've talked about Mason Rudolph stepping in potentially as the week one starter, seeing how the, the cards fall. I mean, I think with so, like just you know, certain Steelers fans are bumping a little bit on the idea of Mason Rudolph being more than maybe a bridge quarterback. Are, are, would you maybe look at the draft or someone like Kenny Pickett and say, we might make a bold move that people aren't expecting at this point to go get the guy that we really fall in love with? Whenever we identify any position, there's an ideal mold that we all look for, um, a 6'5 tackle with 35-inch arms and so on and so forth. Quarterback mobile, sure. 
uh, if that's a big part of them. But all of them have a different characteristic that that is their strength, and this, this group is no different. So we won't lock ourselves in. Sure, you may have an ideal picture of what that quarterback might be, but you can't lock the door on any given one because you don't know who will be available to you. It's a little different in free agency if you can allocate those cap dollars. Same thing with, as you mentioned, maybe trading up in a draft. What we try to always do is not only say, well, it's a first and third round pick, or if it's a, it's a third and a sixth. Well, that third and sixth might be Emmanuel Sanders and Antonio Brown. Mm. We don't know. We try to put actual names from the projected class into that and into those discussions and try to say this this group might be the best and just try to make each individual decision. Yeah, history says you probably aren't trading. Right? It hasn't happened a lot under under you as the GM. You did make that trade for uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. I heard you on the podium say there are starting quarterbacks in this draft, though, that, that you're confident in that, whether they'll be around you know, when you pick or not. We'll see. Do you feel any... Any heat? Because, you know, your rival in Baltimore, Ozzie Newsom, on his way out, his last draft, he did get a quarterback. He wasn't even his first pick in that draft. They took Hayden Hurst <laughs> and then Lamar Jackson. You feel any heat from Ozzie that you got to match him by finding the quarterback of the future on your way out? We're very well aware of uh, the quarterbacks in the, in the AFC North. You know, Coach Tomlin always talks about we have three, three Heisman-winning quarterbacks uh, to compete against in the AFC North. It's, But, again, we can't just say – this has to be a franchise guy. We just we just pick as who who we are, or pick who they are, and hope that they turn into that. But we won't lock ourselves in. I mean, those guys are great quarterbacks, and they're young, and that's that's the unfortunate part. That's great for those organizations, but now we have to continue to compete, uh, and we're excited to see what Mason can do on a 16 games. Uh, format if he's the guy Dwayne Haskins um, Dwayne can come in and compete and maybe maybe he's that guy but they have to prove themselves over 16 games okay. all right so all right I'm gonna be real with you Kevin because and you're retiring anyway so you don't care right you can say whatever you want at this point <laughs> when, when we talked about it on our podcast because with the reports that came out that you had said that you know right where we stand here Mason Rudolph makes sense as a quarterback I'm paraphrasing. Uh, you have no plans to sell out to replace Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, but in terms of the Mason Rudolph question, again, like sometimes we call it a trope alert when you hear a, a front office official say, oh, yeah, where we are right now, we're perfectly happy with Mason Rudolph. Trope alert. That's the trope alert. Trope alert. But then trope what alert. we translate that is trope we are going to try hard to upgrade trope off alert. that position and get somebody new in there. So, like, I feel almost certain personally there will be a new quarterback of the Steelers, that's what's going to happen, right? Well, I, again, <laughs> if, if we started today, Mason's our starter, and we're comfortable with Mason being our starter. Um, again, I referenced 5-4-1 and one over his first nine starts. If you look back over the quarterbacks in, in history and look at their first eight, nine, ten games, well, that record compares pretty favorably. Um, ben was the one outlier um, because he, st- you know, when Tommy Maddox got hurt and he was forced into the lineup, he goes 15 and one. So that was unusual. Most of the starting quarterbacks, early in their careers, they don't have winning records, and that's that's something that over time, again, Mason will have to prove it. Does that mean we're not going to look at options? No, and he knows that. We've talked about that on his exit interviews. He understands that he's going to not be given anything, and there could be competition either from within or from outside. Right. I think there's quietly a lot of free agent quarterbacks that are pretty solid that have started a lot of games that could that could be uh, competition. Like 
you don't need to start the season right now. You don't need to settle these questions. There's free agency, and then there's a draft. Sometimes you guys you pick up guys right before the season, like Joe Hayden. Our, our friend here, Mark, is a Browns fan, and one of the things that like you've done so much damage. To right. This you have, yeah. Kevin. You know. Thank you for the past twenty years. Right. Yes. We we no, have no. been next to him in the newsroom during you know Sundays, and it's tough. It, it's tough on us. It's tough on Mark. But his biggest fear, I feel like more than anything as a Browns fan, is when a player leaves and then is a success elsewhere. And so when you signed Joe Hayden and he turned into one of the best free agent signings in Steelers history, I mean, that that was sort of hitting the bullseye right there for Browns fan pain. Like, do you feel bad about Kevin. that, Kevin? And, but, uh, and that, that can happen, as you reference. And we, we always have to be open. You know, our personnel department has to know we know what the what the unrestricted free agent class is as of today. A lot of those players will sign prior to the start of free agency. A lot of them will be franchised or transitioned, so that will change. And then when people sign or people draft, they may be cutting players, and it's our job to make sure that we're ready to add a player like a Joe Hayden if he's available. So I, I really don't know – Everybody that will be available, and it's our job to keep up with it. I mean, speaking of Ohio, is it annoying that the Bengals are good again? <laughs> ah, hey, good. Give them their give them their due. They put together a very you know Duke Tobin put together a very good team, a Super Bowl um, participant. I, I know they would have obviously loved to have won it, but to, to get where they are, um, everybody's looking up for the AFC. So good for them. Uh, it's our challenge to try to. Get back up there with them. It's a little yeah. annoying, though. <laughs> how, did, how does the okay? So how does the transfer of power work with this? Like, is there like a remember like when let's use well I'll use for some reason Ronald Reagan and George H W Bush when you had the eight <laughs> years, then the vice president gets elected. There's a smooth process. Uh, you could mention Ozzy Newsom, Eric DaCosta. Um, how does it work when there's a general manager that's overseeing the draft process free agency and then steps away how do you ensure there's continuity for the next guy who takes over whoever that is yeah that's something that honestly we discussed myself uh, art rooney and coach tomlin uh i would be involved but i may not be with that team that we put together and i, I think there's a, a, tr a great trust that we're all going to make the right decisions collectively and that's what we've done throughout our history and we'll, we'll we will do that for this and hopefully we put that team together and it'll be a team we can all look at and be proud of. This is this is your last, you know, free agent period, your last combine, your last draft. Yeah, I noticed you got, you have more salary cap space than I can ever remember the Steelers having. Do you just want to like go out wild, just like spend a lot of money? Scarface. Like, Steelers aren't really Scarface. known for doing that, but just like throw your money on the table and like get wild. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's an unusual, <laughs> um, and again, we don't know an exact amount, but we know, we're confident we'll have more room than we've ever had in I don't know how many years. And we'll try to make those best decisions, not only with unrestricted free agents, but maybe our own people that we want to keep. So we'll try to put that all together. It is unusual. Um, it's a, it's the, it was to be expected coming out of last year. We had a big free agent class of pretty significant players, and we knew we were going to be up against that cap. And then when the cap went down because of the pandemic, uh, we were up against it even tougher. So this year um, it, it could be tempting, but we'll try to make the best, most sound decisions. Before we say goodbye, is this a real retirement? <laughs> well, we've left the door. Yeah. We've left it open. Uh, and I, again, I don't want to be whoever the next person is. Yeah. If I can help and not hinder, great. Uh, but we're going to leave it open. Um, 
and Art will make that final decision. And, again, he's open, coach is open, I'm open. But, again, we want to be fair to not only that person but to the organization. If it makes sense to help, great. If it's it's best if I'm not here to help, great too because we'll make that decision collectively for them. Would you jump over to Cleveland's front office in a sort of <laughs> lateral type move? <laughs> Excuse a lot of information there. That would be good. Other people are tracking Tom Brady, Willie, or won't he? I'm Kevin Colbert, Team Colbert. <laughs> Kevin, thank you so much, and right, congratulations guys. on a great career. Thanks, thank you, Kevin. Enjoy your day. Appreciate days. you. All right, there he goes, Kevin Colbert. You know, you try to – I thought there might be a sliver of opportunity as he headed into retirement, although did it sound like a Bruce Arians leaves the Steelers' retirement? The uh, way to he some was degree. There? Well, he's yeah. also heavily involved in hiring the successor who may or may not be from the Steelers, so that's an interesting – Like, is he actually going fishing? I don't know, the way he didn't said sound, that. Didn't, didn't sound, sound like, like – if I was um, an NFL um, – decision maker like himself uh, I would try to work for the Roonies who's better than to work for the Roonies he's been there for 20 something oh, years Tomlin's been there for 15 years get that you, consultant money right you get yeah. you hang around afterward it's like a it's just like a, a family you just you get a like a high six-figure <laughs> salary to do say, literally nothing it's a family only you get paid to be in the family right, right. that's that's oh, what he's we earned it he's to. earned it he's ranked very high on my GM rankings, which is coming out, I believe, in a couple of weeks. How? Year after year. One year, I remember he was number one overall. I mean, he was, like we said, I, maybe it was a little strong in the intro, calling him a towering figure of the millennium. But uh, I will say he's <laughs> very successful. The Steelers have been for 20 straight years, basically, more or less. Um, so that's deserving that he's high in the ranks. But, uh, Greg, your ability not to tell him that it felt like a missed opportunity to show that you are someone that gets it. It's uh, gonna haunt me. If you were to tell him, <laughs> it does bother me when you think of the things. Now it was, I, it was one of the things I was gonna say, but you see how the conversation's flowing. You only have time for so much. Uh, but it, maybe it would have made him feel awkward. Like, hey, I like, I think you're a great guy in my little list, and I put you number one. Do you like me? Uh, I don't know. He had a very warm smile sitting next to him right here. I, I, very, we made him laugh a lot, but wish, we didn't um, didn't I, change his answer. I do wish yeah. he wasn't a liar. That he didn't, he didn't because lie. they. He lied to you. I tell you what, they are going. He's no plans to sell out. I look at this roster. T.J. Watt, reigning defensive player of the year. Mika Fitzpatrick, Cam Hayward, a running back on a rookie deal. Good wide receiver core. This is to me a win now roster that doesn't need to go into QB purgatory. You have a window. Why not? give up the farm and try to get that Matthew Stafford type guy. Maybe that's But it's the same issue that the Colts have. It's like you can want to find a better quarterback, the free agent. Colts don't even have a first round pick. That right, makes it much that much the harder. The Steelers for them. are down at 20th. I mean, in theory, wouldn't it be poetic if they took Kenny Pickett out of pit to become their starter, but they have to love that guy enough so to get that. What is not going to be at number me. 20? I mean, of course, Mason Rudolph's their starter right now, but that's of course he is. Like we, right. you know, and of course he's going to face competition. I think that goes without saying. It might be a veteran and a rookie. And what does sellout mean? There's about ten free agent quarterbacks that have started a decent amount of games in the NFL, and one of those guys is going to be on the the Steelers. Now it could be like an upside of a Winston or a downside of, of someone way below that, like Tyrod. But one of those guys is going to be on the Steelers, and you might not have to but sell out for anyone. That's depressing. But that's, that, I get it, but what are, what are what the other the, options? They're not, They're not. hey, here's Russell Wilson. This hey, is what selling out Skyler. is. Uh, yes, our, ne- our next two first-round picks and Minka Fitzpatrick are three first-round picks. Go get find a way to get Kyler or Russell Wilson. Hell, Kirk Cousins not going to cost that much, but – 
bring in someone that's actually a solution and not in this. There is a very – this underbelly of someone. quarterbacks uh, where there's just so many okay to maybe good guys. Like, if that's who they get – that's not going to get them over the over the top in the AFC. It's I, I just start not. to think, though, we're coming out of this week finding out that Aaron Rodgers is going nowhere, Russell Wilson's going nowhere, Tom Brady's not coming back, the Bucks aren't trading for someone to come and be Tom Brady 2.0, that there'll be lack of movement, not all these stunning trades Aren't we discussed. you just a know-it-all? You just never know, Mark. The NFL. I'm not saying, uh, the, they're going to draft someone. I would, I would, I'm putting a sandwich on it right now. The Steelers are drafting a quarterback to, you know, to make, because that's a bit of a cop-out, I'll say, in the first three rounds. Uh, I mean, that's safe. I feel well, like that's, that's, I mean, that's almost too safe. I'll say two They're drafting a quarterback. I mean, they will draft one. It's just... When Whether he's mentioning Dwayne Haskins, I think like our friend Damashek and others are would be he concerned the, about he that. He says there's know? starting quarterbacks in this class. Of course there are. Like a lot of these classes where they look great, they end up being terrible. And a lot of classes, like, I guess, you know, where it's supposed to look bad, you end up finding some quarterbacks. I guess my take on it is that there's perhaps with this organization where they are now, there should be more urgency than taking a swing on a quarterback and a not yeah. a great quarterback class, as we're being told over and over again. Uh, have you heard about how small Pickett's hands are? We're going to get Lance Zerline on the sure. show uh, tomorrow to help us out. You know, we're babes in the woods. Uh, we're learning about the draft class, and Lance is kind of like he always helps us out, gets our feet wet as we start to figure out who potentially could be a quarterback that would make sense for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Getting our feet wet. I like that. Get traded. Well, get, get in the Mark, trade market. Mark Let's tried do it. to get his feet wet um, on the flight here. He thought he had downloaded the whole – scouting combine research packet 500 pages he was going to read every single page and then when he got on the plane he said he realized it didn't work out i, I had failed to download it to so. my to my iphone so, so we need to make it feel better that you actually would have only read the first 12 pages and then got bored that would be rich i, I think i wouldn't go above <laughs> six or seven all right uh we're not done yet we have another excellent guest coming up another general manager of an afc superpower hell you could argue general manager of the best team in football. Joe you could, Douglas. You could do it. You can do it after this break. All right, here we go. Brandon Bean, general manager of the Bills. This is a good one. This is a good one. We're, we're very happy to have Brandon on. This is a team, Brandon, that has their stuff together. I feel like <laughs> the Bills are a model that other teams mm. now seek to follow, which if you if you're – you know, 25 years old, 30 years old, and you grew up with the Bills not being a functioning unit, that's all gone. The GM and the coach come together in 2017. They draft and develop a quarterback. They smartly build through free agency and the draft, and now you have a superpower that just needs to take one more step. So congratulations. Uh, there's no question. <laughs> I appreciate it. It doesn't feel like congratulations until <laughs> we can hold that trophy up. So no, we, that's true. we got work to do. Are you, o- are you over, you know, the thing? <laughs> I'm not. I was just talking to some of the other guys. I, I still haven't watched the film. I mean, I've watched a few of the, the end plays, just seeing where guys were aligned and, and kind of walking through that and what the calls were on, you know, whether it was, you know, special teams or, or defense. But, you know, you have to give Kansas City credit. They they made some, some really nice plays as well. And, you know, we played well. We just didn't finish it. And we got to – it's hard You got because you don't get to start up here. And that's what I've told the guys last year when we made it to the AFC Championship game. Everybody's back to zero and zero, and uh, it's an important offseason for us. Don't you just want to watch Josh Allen, though? Just, like, watch those two games? Like, he was awesome, Brendan, in that game. (laughs) Tremendous. We watched it again. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I wish I could enjoy it. Like, uh, I could watch the game before, you know, how well he played against New England and and 
listen, it's uh, Josh is 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 great a quarterback. He, he's he's a great human, great leader, and he fits Buffalo so well. And it was uh, we were very fortunate to be able to to trade up and and get a guy like him where we got him. And um, you know, I think Josh is going to continue to work and to ascend. He's he's not lost that chip on his shoulder that he's always had. You know, we all know he's been doubted uh, through various steps. I mean. Reedley Junior College. I'm pointing at Greg pointing right, right now. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I was so wrong about it. Our friend Chris uh, Wesley, who's not here, um, believed in him from the get-go. Like, did you think he could be that good? Because you're saying he, he's going to ascend. I don't know if it's possible. He was out of his body for those two games. I can't remember a quarterback playing as well for two playoff games in a row as Josh Allen did right then. When you took him, did you think it could be, like, that level uh, from him? You know, you don't want to sit here and say this is exactly what I see. You're you're, you're projecting, but I'll say this: um, his smarts, his processing. You, you, we knew the physical talents. Um, if you just watch his his film, if you broke down his games and truly said, "All right, what would um, you know? What would Aaron Rodgers have done on this play while he's at Wyoming? Like, what would like? There's nothing there. Or you know what? He just got out of. Yeah, he threw the ball away. He's o o for one on this play. But he just avoided an eight-yard sack to, to throw the ball away. Or he hit the receiver and literally, you know, one there was a play I remember they were playing Iowa, and he's back. He dodges a couple guys like you saw him in the Kansas City game, steps up on the run. It's like a 45-yard post pattern. The guy's wide open. It bounces off his chest. Well, he gets no for one, right. zero for one there. If you truly watched everything he did um, instead of just stats, I think a lot of people got lost in, in, mm-hmm. in the stat world. And, it, and so – you know, I apologize. I, no, I mean, I, I apologize to Josh, you know, formally, but now I'm going to apologize to you. Yeah, that's, that's big of you, Greg. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it means a lot to Brandon <laughs> yeah. and the whole team. No, you're good. You know what? Uh, that's that's what makes this business. Somebody asked me over there earlier uh, when I was doing the the media thing was, you know, what's the you know the pick the the position that you know in you know in any year that gets talked about or discussed the most? Like, is it offensive line? I'm like, no, it's quarterback. Like, it's and I'm not talking about in the media. I'm talking about I can go back to that year. If you'd have had five different teams, they probably would have taken five different quarterbacks. It, you know what I mean? It's just everybody's got the guy they want, the the type they want, and we just felt that Josh. Um, obviously, we play in the elements. Um, he's very smart. We just felt he was chip on his shoulder. We know Western New York. Everyone up there has a chip on their shoulder. Everything just meshed, and uh, and he's been a great fit for us. I mean, one thing that he had from you know day one was Brian Dable. Mm-hmm. You had that consistency, and we're in the era and the age of the discontented quarterback. Kyler Murray's going off. Everyone's <laughs> upset about left, right, left to right. I mean, th- this situation is so good with him. But you, losing Brian Dable, what do you lose in terms of the in-game play calling? I think he did a great job adjusting and tailoring you know, in, inside games to Josh's talents. Ken Dorsey's there. Uh, tell us a little bit about Ken Dorsey and that transition, and if you think that it can be as smooth as Bills fans would hope. Yeah, I mean, it's a good, really good question. Um, you know, you, you always hate to lose good talent, but, uh, you, you, you know, you're happy for Brian and, and his opportunity in New York. Uh, the one thing is Dorsey – so D- uh, Dable was here for four years. Dorsey's been here for three. And uh, this was a new system for, for Ken. This was not the same system we ran in Carolina with, with Cam Newton and, you know, Mike Shula. And so uh, – but Dorsey has taken on, learned this system. He'll have his own, you know, little nuances that, that he does. But he and Josh, you know, he was in the room coaching Josh. They formed a great relationship. And Josh just raves about Ken. Um, even a year ago, Dorsey was – I mean, uh, Dable was believed to, you know, have a chance a year ago. And Josh was already lobbying 
you know, I really think Ken can do this. And, again, Sean and I have been around, you know, Dorsey since 2011 back in Carolina. He's a hard worker. Uh, he played the position, obviously had success, you know, major success at the college level. So, you know, until he actually calls plays, it's like me, until you sit in the GM seat, you have to prove yourself. And there will be some bumps along the way. But Josh, it starts with Josh believing in Ken and Ken believing in Josh. And I think from there, um, you know, we're confident that it will work. It's – it's crazy going back to the incredible efficiency and the outrageous level of offensive play in in uh, the postseason for the Bills. Like, as a GM, as a team builder, along with Sean, how tempting is it to say offense is set for the most part? Let's put our focus elsewhere. But that's really not how it works ultimately, right? No, I mean, you, you want to keep your fastball. And and uh, we know this team is built around Josh Allen. And so we want to we want to protect him, okay, first and foremost – and then we want to give them weapons. Uh, but, yeah, we, we also want to get the other team's, you know, quarterbacks down. Mahomes, Joe Burrow. Sure. You know, all those guys uh, that we're going to face, you know, the guys in our division. You know, we got three teams that are trying to build around some, some young guys now as well, and, and I'm sure they've got their eye on us. So uh, we got our work cut out for us to try. You know, we got a lot of free agents that, you know, we'll see which ones we can get back, and then we're going to have to make the right moves. Um, not only, you know, with the guys here, you know, in the draft, but, but finding some pieces to fill, you know, some of the spots that we lose. Mm. You, you mentioned the other, you know, teams in the division. I, I told my son last night, I was like, oh, we're going to interview the, the Bills general manager tomorrow. Like, what, what should I ask him? He, he's seven years old. And he was like, oh, tell him I don't like him. Um, <laughs> so I just want to know, like, that if you take pride, he's a Patriots fan, that it. you now take pride that, like, he thinks of the Bills. He's young enough that the Bills are the big bad bullies of the division. Like, what kind of uh, feeling that gives you as a, as a Bills <laughs> GM? Well, I love it. It's better that than, than him feeling empathetic for me. Uh, <laughs> Man, I feel bad. Uh, those guys don't know what they're doing or anything like that. So, no, it's uh, you have to give New England a lot of credit. They were the the team that, in my interview, I felt like we talked about a lot. You know, how do you how do you take them down, and you know what what was wrong here in Buffalo, and it was really you know the AFC East, and you know the Jets were constantly turning over, the Dolphins were constantly turning over, and the Bills, and you know I think every team was doing Bill Belichick and Tom Brady a favor. And we've got to stop that, and we've got to have a chance to build it the right way, and, and we've got to find a quarterback. And um, fortunately, you know, we landed Josh. When we had Sean McDermott on our show a number of owners meetings ago, before all this happened, before the Bills became what they are, um, we were just impressed kind of, I think, with his personality and the way that he – just he to me, it seemed like a, a, a new-age type of coach, and you're a new-age type of GM. I know he was um, a wrestler, too. I mentioned to him that I, when I was in middle school, I lost to a girl in wrestling <laughs> in uh, seventh grade. I think it was a bit uh, humiliating. It comes up a lot, Well, yeah. let's say you and you and Sean <laughs> McDermott were in like a sort of a, a clash, a physical clash. Who's winning that? I mean, you're both very fit men. Uh, uh, Sean, he's more fit than me. He eats better than me. Uh, you know, we're both super competitive. What I would know to do is, like, he's going to beat me in a wrestling all day long. I would know uh, where to hide some weapons illegally uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> to, right. to take him oh, you're down. You're like the brass knuckles guy, like <laughs> yeah. Dino Bravo or yeah, something? Yeah, I'm pulling something out of my shoe. Um, sorry, every interview we ever do, Mark ends up asking about men grappling. It's just <laughs> I don't know what it is. Um, one last question I have is you said on the riser that the Bills, correct me if I'm wrong, are going to submit a, a rule proposal uh, to change overtime, I don't know why the Bills would want to do that. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't piece that together. From the wilderness. Uh, but um, could you share? You probably can't share what the proposal is. But could you tell us how does the process work behind the scenes for a team 
building out a proposal that you then submit? Yeah, I mean, we definitely talk to some of our peers around the league, uh, coaches, GMs, and listen, uh, I talked to another GM at the Senior Bowl, and he said, I think there's going to be about 30 to 32 different proposals. Everybody mm. wants it to change. And um, ultimately, I think something will change to where both teams do get the ball. You know, our proposal, you know, I feel strongly that we should consider, you know, a time limit. Yes. And, and play it out, you know, you know, other leagues, you, you get five minutes on the clock or, you know, Major League Baseball, you know, the away team gets to bat and the home team gets to bat again. If you're still tied, you, you do it again. So um, I just don't – I don't feel like at that – and I'm talking about postseason. I don't feel like in the postseason, you know, you've played 17 games. It's a long season that we should end on some, some fluke thing or a coin toss. You know, we want to see Josh Allen or Pat Mahomes or Hell you know, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, whoever's out there. We want Preach, to see Preach, Brandon Bean. Preach. <laughs> so our, our proposal is going to be play, a, you know, a certain time limit, uh, okay. you know, in postseason. I like that because that's football. Like football is with a time limit. You, there you, you go. try to outscore them in a certain amount of time. But before you go, do you think Jerry Hughes um, has a good chance of being back? I kind of can't imagine Jerry Hughes playing anywhere else and just like where you kind of look at your, your pass rush right now with Mario Addison, also a free agent. Yeah, I talked to Jerry and Mario this past week, called them both. Major respect for those guys and just uh, we're going to stay in touch through the process. And they are too. Um, I think both of them are kind of like, oh, let's let's see what free agency is. Let's get our value. And uh, they're both great players. They both will continue to play, I feel sure, for one, two, three more years. Uh, and they both can play. So, um, you know, we'd love to definitely work something out. But we'll we'll just kind of see how it goes. I, I still got some moves to make to get our cap in order before then. So kind of first things first. All right, Brandon Bean, thank you for joining us. And just last thing, one to seven trillion, how annoying was it when the Chiefs at halftime of the AFC title game disappeared and were replaced by other guys in uniforms that had never played football before. <laughs> you know, I didn't. I couldn't watch the game. I uh, hear that. Uh, so I didn't know until it was over. Oh, uh, uh, okay, okay. Don't watch because it's even more frustrating <laughs> yeah, it's to wild. know what happened. All right, Brandon, being best of luck, uh, 2022 and beyond. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Thanks, you. Thanks, Brandon. Me. Yeah. All right, there he goes. Brandon Bean seems like a good dude. You know, easy to root for the Bills to get over that hump. And I totally get it. I totally get it. Not being able to watch that game. Not being able to revisit the loss because you go through all this process from the combine to the draft through summer camp to the season, and then you do everything right, it seems, and you still can't find a way to close it out. And everybody knows it's fleeting, these opportunities, so the frustration, you understand that. Why watch uh, on repeat like the worst 45 minutes of your entire life, basically, Ugh. professionally. But coaches don't have the choice. The GM the GM can decide he doesn't want to watch it. Coaches have to suffer through that I, I recent like, horror film. Yeah, like I feel like there could have been five or six different teams that won the title if they redid the playoffs ten times. But the Bills, to me, were the team that – remember that series, the, the missing rings on NFL and that one? I was in about the Bills. Right. I will go to my grave believing that that team was winning the Super Bowl, that Josh Allen was playing – that they should have won the Super Bowl. Their defense didn't didn't do it, and I and agree. The only so tough. the only thing is is like, and I mentioned at the end of that conversation, like the Chiefs were every bit their equal yes. at the end of that game and stole the game away from Buffalo. And then that same version of the offense went through two quarters against Cincinnati, dominant, and then disappeared. You can just never pre- can't predict this stuff. I guess is what I'm saying. Mark, did you notice you got hit with the? That's a really good question. I know mm, you that did. That was good, yeah. I, you live for that I, stuff. I, I tend to think that oh, that yeah. maybe is not a good question when they're saying that sometimes. Whoa. 
Take yeah. me through that process. Just like a, it's sort of a psychological trip trick he was trying to play on me potentially, and he and it's and he like succeeded. it was his way of being like, okay, dumbass, I'm gonna answer. It's your like question. I've already probably like I this you, you just threw me a little softball right down the middle, and I'm just gonna. <laughs> so hit he's it. calling opposite day. I'm saying it's possible when they're yeah when they're at I the don't podium and say default that. to say wow I did a great it's job. It's kind of like a nice pat on the head, like hey right. I th- I'm happy to answer this one. Yeah. Thanks for asking it's a it. It's softball. Yeah, right. You gave me you gave me a little gave me a little piece of cake. I mean, the so. first thing he said was that was easy. So maybe that's not the first thing you want to hear mm-hmm. as Typically <laughs> not. true capital J journals. But let's be that's real. That's fair. I think it's- he could have said, like, man, you guys are tough but fair. <laughs> like, that's what we're looking for. Right. Are Going we? like, that was easy peasy. Are we? Is that what we're <laughs> no, looking for? I don't for? know what we're looking for. Uh, do any like of these guys take us seriously? Does it, take does it us seem seriously? like they're taking us seriously? I think they probably take Greg seriously. Why would so? they? Kn- they don't That's, know because we always get that answer from professionals. Oh, now, I, I, Greg, I respect. Pete Schrager says yeah. one you, thing. Yeah. I I feel confident in that Brandon Love Bean you, does not know who the three of us are or what the difference Mark, what is. is that it's like that whippersnapper in the middle was a real sharpie. Now, Colbert, I Mark, what is I it wanted- psychologically with you that you you want to get that answer so that yeah. you could like have that hanging over you in a way? Well, I want to know the truth. All right, let's let's stick a pin in it because there's so much to get to this week we'll have another show uh tomorrow more guests coaches general managers all the latest news from the risers here anything wild that goes on on the night that the uh what do they call that the nightlife it's called nightlife and some do you mean when you go out and do things with other people yes at nightlife night, yeah nailed it mm. uh and just so everybody knows because i know you've been wondering uh there will be no Flashpoint Focus this week. <laughs> We're, it's on a brief hiatus, but we'll return next week full power. But I was thinking, and I don't know if you heard, Greg, or if maybe you tuned me out, but it did hit me when I was mansplaining what Flashpoint meant to Ricky because she had suggested Mac Jones as a Flashpoint Focus, which was just a terrible suggestion. Just, <laughs> just not, not getting the uh, exercise. And while I was mansplaining what Flashpoint was, I said, well, maybe it should just be Flashpoint colon Baker Mayfield. I like that. I, get the focus out of there. Right. Yeah. Get figures okay, out of good. there. We continue to trim. Ricky, more sorry about the drive-by there, but I just had to set up. Yeah, you can't. She doesn't have a microphone. This is, That's an apology from me to you right here. You know what? St. Elmo is on me. And by me, I mean the <laughs> Roger Goodell sanctioned <laughs> The per diem. Per diem. Well, it, it has been yeah, a little distracting. I'm not saying, like, our podcast is – that popular or whatever, but I did feel a difference this time in Indianapolis of like everyone stopping me in the hallways and on the street asking like, who's next on Flashpoint Focus? <laughs> oh, it's, it's we a guys workshopping that name. It's, yeah. just, it's a lot. In, a, in some ways, you would say it's faulty to uh, launch a series and immediately go into a hiatus. But I <laughs> this think bothers Dan more this, than me for sure. In this case, I think it just builds the momentum <laughs> toward what happens next week. So everybody. Just know that it, it will return. It's triggered intense I think you uh, nailed suspense. it, though. Flashpoint, yeah. colon, Baker, Mayfield. Flashpoint. Flashpoint. Ricky, do you have the di- – can you uh, – the dictionary um, definition of Flashpoint? I mean, she's ready to stab you in the face right now. So I know, she, but I, I apologize. Well, she's not well, she she have a mic. That's not how it works. Yeah. All the, does, you, that's she fine. She still that doesn't have a mic. It's not her fault. Wait. It's over, Ricky. I'm sorry. <laughs> she's going to kill me. All right. Just forget it. <laughs> oh, no. She's anyway, all right. There you go. Day one from the Combine. Good stuff. Thank you to everybody for listening. Like we said, we'll be back tomorrow. Have another special show on Friday. 
Uh, so a lot more content coming your way. Until then, Dan Hans is signing off for Quiet Storm, the old boss, the wonderful Ricky Hollywood. Sincere apologies, Dan. No, you can keep trying. Gravedigger. Behind the scenes. Till tomorrow, heed the call. <laughs>